Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday podcast. I'm Andy Eubank on the 7th of December 2023. Thanks for joining us. The Hat Podcast is brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. Visit ffbt.com to learn more or stop by your local branch and talk about your ag operation today. Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller coming up with the news, including American Farm Bureau weighing in on the ag export picture and one way to get the most out of the nutrients in your soil. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has a warm-up to talk about possible foggy conditions too and the wednesday ag markets mostly lower tom fritz analysis coming up on the who's your ag today thursday podcast at first farmers bank and trust we know that when agriculture thrives we all do it's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night that's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients if you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience and understanding and supporting agriculture we want to hear from you let's harvest success together first farmers bank and trust member fdic equal opportunity lender for many of you here in indiana agriculture is your life's work and legacy i'm bruce kettler president and ceo of the agribusiness council of indiana throughout my career i've been immersed in indiana agriculture and appreciate the role that aci plays on behalf of indiana agribusinesses ACI is the proactive voice for agribusiness, and we invite you to join us in our mission. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. USDA provides a 2024 trade outlook and getting the most out of your soil. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. The Department of Agriculture recently released its quarterly outlook for U.S. agricultural trade. Dave Salmonson, Senior Government Affairs Director for American Farm Bureau, says the data projects a decrease in exports and an increase of agricultural imports in 2024. For this year, 2023, agricultural exports have come in at about 179 billion dollars and imports at about 195 billion. So we're seeing an increase in imports, a bit of decrease in exports from a year ago when we were about 190 billion. And for next year, that will widen a little bit and we'll be down a little bit more on exports and a further increase in imports. Salmonson explains how the forecast impacts our major trade partners. 2023, our agricultural exports to our number one destination, which is China, were right about $34 billion, and their forecast for next year at $29.5 billion. Mexico and Canada will pretty much stay the same. Mexico at $28 billion, Canada $27 billion. A little bit of a decrease in Japan from $12 billion down to $11.5 billion. The European Union, roughly the same, right around the $12 billion mark and the same with South Korea. Farm Bureau and other agricultural organizations recently sent a letter to President Biden supporting measures that will improve ag trade. The administration needs to get back in the business of working on and executing comprehensive trade agreements. We must continue to enforce aggressively our existing trade agreements. We need to reform the World Trade Organization, especially the dispute settlement function. We need to continue to support and strengthen our agricultural supply chains. And Salmonson says in sustainability, they need the administration to continue to work and support voluntary incentive 
plant-based efforts. If you're a corn and soybean producer, you want to get the most out of the nutrients that are already in your soil. C.J. Miller has more on a product that can help during next year's growing season. The product is called Saurus from Sound Agriculture. Nick Becker is with Sound Agriculture and says that Saurus can replace 25 pounds of nitrogen and 25 pounds of phosphorus at half the cost. Saurus is the leading soil activator and it's a chemistry that stimulates the microbes that are existing in your soil and gets them up and active and moving, and then they provide nutrients to your crops. He says that source is like caffeine for the microbes that are already in your soil. Those microbes take the nitrogen and phosphorus that's also in your soil and creates a more efficient way of feeding those nutrients to the roots of your corn and soybean plants. The microbes are very efficient at providing nutrients to the plant, and they deposit those nutrients right in the crop zone where the plant can easily gain access to them. And then they have a relationship with the plant where they're providing those nutrients throughout the entire season. And there's hundreds of families of microbes, and they have different jobs in your soil. Some are infixers, some are solubilizing phosphorus, and others are providing micronutrients to the plant. And so it's really efficient way to bring those nutrients to your plant. Becker adds that Saurus is really simple to use. And so it's very easy to handle. It's very easy to apply. It tank mixes with your post herbicide or your fungicide pass. So we just get a free ride across the field and it's a very, very, very low use rate product. You're talking one or two and a half ounces uh, per acre, depending on the crops that you're selecting. For more information about Source by Sound Agriculture, visit their website at sound.ag. You can also find that link at HoosierAgToday.com. I'm C.J. Miller. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. We're setting into a pattern that is well above normal. Very warm here today and tomorrow. Beautiful weather, high evaporation, a lot of sunshine still. But one thing is for certain, with this kind of warm air moving over a cold, damp surface from the past few days, Fog is something that we need to address. I think we're going to be dealing with some at least patchy dense fog, and it could be more than patchy over the course of the next day or two each morning. The good news is we do burn through that fog, and we put together some decent days here, but we're also working toward a weekend that is going to be quite damp. We've got more rain headed back, a significant area of low pressure ready to move from northeastern Oklahoma all the way through upper Michigan. The track to me looks like it goes from Tulsa to eventually the northwestern suburbs of Chicago, right across Lake Michigan, toward the Straits of Mackinac, and then off to the northeast in Ontario. That kind of track puts us in line to get the biggest rounds of moisture for Saturday and Sunday. I'm still looking at combined rains of at least a quarter to one inch. Uh, We had been talking half to two. I think two inches is probably off the table for Indiana right now. It may still be on the table farther east in Ohio. I don't want to get too cute here because it is going to be wet, but I'm 
tentatively thinking that we dodge the worst of the rain right now. In any case, we have the moisture around through a Sunday. Cold air races in behind the front. I do think most of the moisture is out of here by the time the cold air arrives, which means we don't have a big threat of rain ending as snow. It's still in the back of my mind, but it's not as big of a threat. We are chilly as we start off next week. Still see some lake-enhanced cloud cover, at least, trying to hold in Indiana Monday. But Tuesday through Friday, honestly, we end up with high pressure settling southward out of Canada, right across the Great Lakes region. And so I think that gives us better potential for sunshine and we are seeing dry weather pretty much the entire week next week even though we still have a damp feel on monday no new precipitation monday all the way through next friday don't get me wrong the chill is going to be something to reckon with we're not looking at next week being sunny and warm like what we're going to be dealing with here at least the warmth we're dealing with today and tomorrow yeah we're looking at a lot colder air air that would be typical for december coming in. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Mostly lower in the ags, this is Who's Your Ag Today and the Wednesday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank. Coming up, we'll look at the final numbers from Wednesday trade. First analysis about what happened. And for that, I checked in at the end of trade with Tom Fritz, EFG Group in Chicago. Tom, beans again, very weak and a pretty solid day in wheat but it fell off late in trade, but we're talking about a tale of two different beasts. That is plenty of wheat buying from China right now and South American weather that's favorable, continuing to pressure beans. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, Andy. Today's uh, announcement of soft red wheat sold to China, 372,000 tons. It brings the three-day total to just over a million tons of uh, soft red wheat sold to China. And uh, But, you know, be it known, the U.S. is not the only people, or I should say the only countries that are selling milling quality wheat to China. Canada's doing it, Australia's doing it, and France has been doing it. And this is in response to China not having so much a short wheat crop this year, but a poor quality wheat crop this year. So the attitude is this uh, milling quality wheat that they've been buying is uh, for blending purposes. Uh, not due to uh, quantity search, short, the quantity shortages. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, if you look at the wheat market as a whole, okay, Chicago's been performing. Uh, but look at uh, Kansas City, look at Minneapolis. They've been struggling to perform. And I think a, a good example of, you know, just what's available out there in the uh, wonderful world of wheat uh, was evidenced by yesterday's Egyptian tender. They bought 180,000 tons of wheat, 120,000 tons Russia, 60,000 tons Ukraine. But 2.3 million tons of wheat was offered to them. So that tells me, okay, China wants milling quality wheat. They, they, they're, they're not looking for wheat in general because the world, as far as I'm concerned, has plenty of wheat around. So... The minute they stop buying, uh, you know, quality, uh, milling quality wheat, uh, you know, I have to think the market's going to turn south, as evidenced by uh, what's happening in the Minneapolis market as well as the Chicago market uh, as they struggle to uh, keep pace with Chicago. Uh, corn, corn tried to uh, run with wheat initially and climaxed on the uh, reopening this morning. 
uh, I think uh, what gets into the corn market is, number one, the idea of beneficial weather slash forecast for South America, as well as a crude oil market that just continues to move south as we speak. Uh, January crude oil is down uh, almost $3 a barrel. And you look at the price structure in crude oil, and it's in a carry situation. That's not friendly. So, you know, I think the crude oil market weighs on uh, the corn market. Um, and, uh, you know, corn is going to, I think corn is going to continue to struggle until we see some uh, better evidence of export. Now, yesterday, uh, there was some rumblings of maybe some Brazilian uh, cancellations of corn sold to China being switched to the U.S., but uh, I'll tell you, today showed no indication of that. Uh, soybeans, soybean meal. It's all about uh, the better weather that's being seen in uh, Brazil. Now, I will uh, say that southern Brazil continues to get plagued with excessive moisture, but northern Brazil, which uh, you know accounts for a good portion of the Brazilian soybean crop, the weather has tur- indeed turned around uh, towards uh, beneficial temperatures of ease. We're seeing uh, better rainfall on a, uh, I don't want to say a daily basis, but every other day. Uh, But it's just not the hot and dry that we saw a number of weeks ago that uh, prompted a number of entities to start uh, saying, okay, this is cutting into the Brazilian uh, soybean yield. Well, I think what's happened is the change in the weather patterns for northern Brazil has stopped the bleeding as far as yield losses are concerned for uh, the Brazilian soybean crop. Well, tomorrow, CONAB, uh, the Brazilian version of our USDA, will be out with their ideas on both uh, first-season corn crop, second-season corn crop, and uh, as well as uh, what they see for the uh, soybean crop. Second-season corn crop, I don't think they're going to change it from what we saw last year, even though there's a lot of chatter out there that because uh, a good portion of the soybean acreage in Brazil got planted late this year, going to push second season corn crop back. It's going to push it back into the uh, hotter months uh, of their uh, summer. So, you know, we'll see how that uh, how that goes. But uh, bottom line, right now, the corn market's showing its true colors. Where's the demand? Uh, we can only run on uh, somebody else's coattails for so long, which they did for five days, uh, before reality sets in and the market eases off. Uh, wheat, the bull market needs to be fed every day. You don't feed them again tomorrow, and tomorrow we'll be looking at weekly export sales, but they're not looking for much because, you know, the recent uh, sales to China are this week. It's not for the last uh, reporting period. Uh, I think the last reporting period may have only had, my notes are not showing any uh, sale announcements of soft red wheat. Uh, Beans, yes, but not soft red wheat, so... Once again, we could see some dismal-looking uh, wheat export numbers, and we'll see how uh, the market handles it. But you know, you go look at a chart on March wheat. We challenged 650 today, and 650 is the level that the market broke down from in August. So I think this is a uh, you know a major resistance area, and uh, like I said, the bull needs to be fed every day. Uh, tomorrow's export sales numbers. Okay, you know, we're going to look for, uh, we should see, I think we'll see a decent uh, 
uh, soybean number just because of last week's soybean announcements to China. Uh, but corn, I'm not so sure. But uh, once again, I think weather trumps all when it comes to the soybean and soybean meal markets. And soybean oil, well, they just fall victim to uh, this crude oil. It seems like it has no bottom. Analyst Tom Fritz with EFG Group in Chicago. Settlements now, March corn. 484 and a quarter. May goes to 495 and three quarters. July, 504. All contracts down six and a quarter. And in beans, January, an even dime lower, 1295 and a half. March, 1315 and a half, 11 cents lower. Chicago wheat, March up two and a quarter at 633 and a half. Deferreds down just a touch. The livestock markets extremely weak in cattle futures. February 163.55 down $5.42 and February lean hogs 69.30 lower as well but only a nickel down. I mean to you bank with the Wednesday markets. This is who's your ag today Indiana's leading farm radio network.